Welcome to the Drama Free Podcast. Save the drama for your mama. What's up, Drama Free Beer Land? How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, we got a great show lined up for you. As always, I am your host, Chad. And on the line, we have uh, Chris and Joey. Um, before we hand over the show to uh, Chris, he'll be our uh, leading the podcast tonight. Um, I'm going to start with, uh, I am drinking a Pipeworks Interboro Stay Gold. Uh, I know it's a couple, probably a month old, but uh, found it in the fridge as I was trying to put more beer in it. Decided I need to drink it. Uh, Chris, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a Super Whale. I'm drinking a Steel Reserve Spike Blue Raz. This color is phenomenal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sounds awful. Joey's grown in the back with the best. Oh, man. Uh, that's a good start to a show. Joey, what are you drinking on, man? Um, I am. Not, I don't have anything open right now, but I do have a can in front of me that will be open here momentarily. Um, but I will be uh, opening up a uh, excuse me for a second, <clears throat> a branded flannel um, collaboration between Wellworks and Microphone, uh, milk stout, brewed with lactose, cocoa puffs, and maple syrup. Scissor. I didn't know they did that. Uh, I know I got the other Wellworks IPA they did. I didn't know they did a milk stout. That'd be be good to taste. Yes, yeah, is um. It was actually one of the ones that dropped here here in Denver. So they kind of did a little home-and-home, home, if that makes sense. <clears throat> Absolutely. I was wondering if they would do that. All right, Chris, go ahead, man. It's your show. Take it away, buddy. All right. Well, uh, another week in the books. Uh, we are solidly into 2018 now, and there's been absolutely nothing happening in the beer world. Uh, so we really don't have much to talk about. Uh, I'm just kidding, folks. So we're going to lead off tonight with um, – beer lotteries and, and proxies and how um, different breweries handle that and what our opinions are on that as far as, um, you know, if that's good for the scene, good for the uh, specific brewery, good for the consumer. Um, I think probably Joey would have um, the most experience with dealing with breweries who are doing this just uh, with where he lives. So I'm going to let him take the lead on this one at first and um, uh, take it away, Joey. No, I appreciate that. And you're exactly right. I mean, we've, uh, outside of a couple isolated incidences, I think we've all but done away with the concept of waiting in lines for beer here in Denver. Um, it's been a couple that I can think of in the last six or seven months. Um, but largely the releases are all, all typically lottery process. Um, and to that point, I think they're all that I can recall. They're all, um, know that they're um you know anyone from anywhere is more than welcome to essentially enter in the lottery as they do about proxies um so that that said i spent a lot of time trying to pick up beers for people and tomorrow tomorrow will be, will be no different i'll be making a couple trips and picking up beers for a few people um it's i think it's a great thing i think it's great for breweries to want to kind of get their name out and kind of you know make somehow feel like their beer is going to get somewhere outside the states so not to worry about necessarily distributing that way um but I also think that there is a, you know, maybe a downside to it. I think it creates um, a little bit of work for uh, you know, the, the, the person who enjoys the beer and wants to go to the release as well. Um, so I think that there's some good and some bad. 
um, you know, transformative work, if you will. Right. Uh, Chad, I know that, you know, I met you in person at a lottery win. Uh, I didn't win, but I was accompanying Will Davis up there and to Decora for the uh, Morning Delight release. And you had won that as well. And you've been to a couple of those and won a couple of those. So what's your take on this? I mean, do you think it's good for the community as a whole or for the brewery in particular? Does it benefit both sides? What, What are your thoughts? I can see the detractors where they say, you know, waiting in line is part of the fun. However, you just brought up the example how you didn't win the lottery and you still went. And another example is, um, you know, the uh, Assassin and SR-71, I'm assuming SR-71 lottery is going to be announced soon for another TG round. And if I don't win, I'm still going up. I mean – you know, it's a good time regardless. You know, I'll get some great things on tap, have some great bottle shares. <clears throat> Me in particular, um, I don't mind either way. Um, i rather know that I'm getting a beer. So, you know, I'm pro lottery. I, I, I like knowing that I get a beer. Um, but also bummed when I don't say, you know, like CW20. I didn't get into the uh, lottery this year, and I'm bummed, but I'm working out, you know, some uh, pre-trades with some friends that are going. So, you know, I'm <clears throat> looking to land bottles there. But I'm a big proponent of knowing, you know, I do that with hotel and everything else. I'm a big proponent of knowing that I can acquire something prior to actually going to, you know, spend all that time and money, really. It doesn't matter time. I, I can stay in, t- in line all day, drink beer with a bunch of good people, drink a bunch of great beer, and still come away happy if I even if I didn't get the bottle that was being released so i go either way i like knowing that i get a beer but also the line the line is part of the fun yeah i can i can see that i um i the reason i mentioned this uh, as a question or as a topic <clears throat> this week is because i was fortunate enough to uh win black projects uh stargate uh lottery this week and um i liked the fact that they have uh the ability for proxies to pick up um, because let's face it, even uh, even those of us who are doing pretty well and have, have married a sugar mama like myself, um, we can't fly all over the country, drive all over the country, picking up one to four bottles of beer all the time. So um, I like the fact that proxies uh, are, are eligible to pick up for this. I don't like breweries who do the no proxy thing. Um, I don't know how that is a benefit to anybody in any way, shape, or form. Um, and I'd be interested to see if you guys think that is, but I just don't understand the, um, the positives of the no proxy thing um, other than, you know, serving locals. But at that point, then why are you holding a nationwide lottery? So I, those two just don't compute for me. Um, any any uh, comments on that, Chad? As far as- I know. I know. I know I've, I know I've got one relative to it. Okay. Um, and, and it just essentially just you know kind of proves the point that you were that you were making. I know that um, Wildworks did a release. Um, I believe it was the Media Noche release, which occurred right around the same time as GABF. So we had, of course, people from all over, really the globe, were coming, you know, descending upon Denver to go to GABF and related festivities. And Wildworks was essentially doing their pickup window for their Media Noche lottery at the same time. Um, so there, there were in this case there were I'm trying to remember there there were no proxies 
I recall correctly, but it worked out because people were, were coming into town anyway. Um, at least a lot of people were coming into town. Um, one of the things that kind of fell out from that was that there were a lot of local people that were extraordinarily frustrated that, you know, that it was happening at around the same time. So you had people from all over. So even though you weren't having proxies, you still had people that were coming in in mass and essentially diluting the market, if you will, for those bottles, where historically um, there hasn't been a lottery, but if there was a lottery, it would essentially just been, um, you know, accessible to only the folks, you know, in and around uh, Greeley. So it, it was interesting to see the fallout from that of how, how the people reacted to their ability to obtain the bottles of beer, regardless of whether there was proxies or not, or it was the timing of um, when those bottles were being released. Okay. I mean, I can, I can see that. Um, that. That sort of takes us right in. Chad, do you have anything else to follow up on that? Uh, I don't. Okay. That sort of takes us right into the next uh, piece of, uh, of content that we have. Um, basically, the, the thoughts on breweries releasing tickets for beer or festivals online versus in person. Um, someone brought up the example that Hoofhearted does $5 tickets for their can releases and allows proxies. Um, this has created um, some issue with the locals and, and the locals feel that they're not always able to get access to tickets and out-of-towners. Um, last year here, we had a, um, a really big kerfuffle uh, over the BDCS thing. It sold out in 45 seconds. Uh, there were a lot of people who have been going to Ozark since day one who missed out on going to the BDCS party. And then someone mentioned that Perennial does it sort of the best way, and they kind of walk the line as far as um, they do an online sale for half the allotment and they do in-person only sale for the other half the allotment for sort of beer releases, which is kind of cool. So for instance, a Braxis, you know, 500 go online and 500 get sold at the brewery. And that's kind of cool. That, that's the best way I think to do it. Um, you know, what do you guys, what do you guys think, Joey? You got a feeling on that? You know, I, I, I mean, I can understand how, um, like, like some of the locals might be feel like they're getting kind of pushed out. Um, and I think it, it comes down to really what, what makes the most sense to the brewery. Um, at the end of the day, I kind of hope the brewery is doing whatever makes the most sense for them. Um, how, whatever makes it easier for them to get their beer, of course, into the market. Um, so I think and I'm still trying to think through exactly what this exact thought that I'm going to try to put out there, but um, you know, I, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, we, we've got breweries here that will hand out tickets that, that won't do online or online lotteries or online ticket, tickets. Um, and I think we've got, you know, we've got, you know, um, one of the most unique circumstances I've ever seen is kind of, you know, what they do at Casey where it's it, all it is is ticketed and you're really kind of just buying a flight. Um, so tickets are 20 bucks and you're buying a flight. Um, and a lot of out-of-towners go to that. Um, so, I mean, I guess it, it's, it's a very interesting topic to me. Um, let's go to Chad while I try to think through exactly what else I think about this. Yeah. So, um, you know, a, a couple episodes back, I talked about pulpit rock and, and, you know, everything that went down and, um, they are actually for their new next release in March 10th. It, it, it sounds like they are going to be walking the line and handing out tickets I know that some down, some breweries down in the south do it, um, and then you know, Toppling Goliath, you know, is no stranger to. On the flip side, Toppling Goliath is no stranger to silent releasing, you know, big beers in the tap room so that their locals get it and, and take care of, you know, the people that patronize, you know, their 
their establishment, you know, all the time. And, I mean, it, no matter how we look at it, people are going to get butt hurt. I mean, that, that's just the fact of the matter. In society today, people are going to be mad about this or that. You can't make everybody happy. So, you know, ultimately the breweries need to do what's best for their business and for their patrons. I mean, you know, and, the, and I'm not saying the one-off, the one guy that, that travels, you know, because it was this big beer and I can flip it for $500. I'm talking about the people that spit, you know, come in weekly and get growler fills, howler fills, you know, what have you, and, and, and buy beer and patronize the establishment or go to the grocery store. They don't even have to walk into the, you know, you know, we get distro. I mean, you know, from a lot of places. You don't even have to really go to the brewery nowadays to, to be considered a patron in my eyes. So, you know, I really think, you know, a brewery just needs to sit back and decide what, you know, what they're going to do and, and what's best for them. Yeah. No, that's that's 100% accurate right there. I mean, ultimately, each brewery is its individual self as far as a business. And they need to, either as one person or a collective who owns it, needs to decide, you know, are we looking for the, long, the long-term the uh, positives or the short-term, like, quick money? Um, I think that there's value in both of those things. Um, I think for me, if I were opening up a brewery, which, you know, is, is not out of the question at, at some point, um, I think I would lean towards um, sort of the perennial method with maybe a little heavier emphasis on, emphasis on local, um, taking care of the local people. Because like you touched on, Chad, I mean, the person who comes in once a year and spends – $100 at my brewery and maybe helps out the local economy by eating at a couple of local restaurants or whatever. That's great. And that's good for the, the local area. But the people who missed out on that, who live two miles down the road and spend $500 a year at my brewery and spend thousands of dollars a year in the local economy, those are the people you, you really want to take care of, in, in my opinion, long-term, um, and you also touched on something, Chad, that I think is very, very accurate in today's society. If someone wants to be upset nowadays, they're going to be upset. They'll find a way to be upset about anything. Um, so, you know, it's it's a probably a very, very um, tough tightrope to walk for, for business owners. Um, and so ultimately they do have to do what's best for them. I, I don't know. I don't know how um, only catering online and to people who don't live close would benefit at all. Um, but I also don't know how um, not allowing proxies, if you are using uh, sort of a national stage to to sell tickets to an event or for a beer, I don't know how that would um, benefit either. Chad? Yeah, back yeah so, yeah, we, we, we got a comment from a viewer, um, and, and I do tend to agree or to a listener, there's nobody watching us. Um, I do tend to agree. If actually, if they were watching us, I'd be pretty creeped out right now. Um, Ooh, but but uh, we have a we have a listener, and and I do tend to agree with their opinion that it's a fifty-fifty online. You do you know you you release it in the tap room where or other locations where your local patrons can get it, and then you do, you know, whatever is left or whatever is allocated to online sales. I mean, you're not going to make everybody happy because online sales are going to sell out quick, especially if you're a up-and-coming brewery like the Tampa area breweries. Um, one specific example is, 
you know that that there's been discussion around is be a beer day for um for cycle that's in person only two per person um you know they're trying their best to get as many tickets you know into as many different people's hands as possible however they're not doing online sales so people that can't afford to fly down take time off um go wait in line and get these tickets are pretty much sol um however you know on the flip side of that, it is Tampa Bay Beer Week. There's going to be plenty of beer going around. Um, you know, I, I would probably say Cycle would probably would be a fun event, in my opinion, but I'd probably be so burnt out. And then with Hunaday looming, it'd be <laughs> it'd be a tough sell for me to go anyway. But it'd be cool. You know, I, I do agree with what uh, what um, you know what what, there, what our viewers is saying here. Fifty fifty would kind of help split it up however um yeah again going back to my point and 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 what everybody's agreeing upon you can't make everybody happy joey i appreciate that thanks chad um one of the points or uh, i should say points one of the um uh marketing um terminologies if you are phraseologies that we've had local here in colorado is um is is to keep it local so i think the the colorado Brewers, brewers guild was using it as a essentially a tagline for a little while. I'm not sure certain if they still are or not, but um, it was a concept of keep it local. So if you're part of part of the Brewers Guild, which, I mean, most of our micro and nano breweries are, are part of the guild here within the state of Colorado, um, you know, they, they try to heed that mantra. And um, when you've got breweries that, are, that have the ability to do proxies, you have that notoriety, whether it's um, the way Casey does their memberships or the way Weldworks does some lottery releases, um, the question becomes, are you really keeping it local? Um, if you're, you know, keeping the, keeping it open for someone in another, you know, the opposite side of the country or opposite side of the country or an entirely different country to, um, to be able to, you know, take, you know, to be, to be, to take over or take over part of, of your, um, limited releases, um, are you really truly keeping it local? All right. Well, I think we kind of covered that fairly well. Um, here's one of my favorites, and, and this is this probably won't take long, but we can, we can maybe discuss the pros and cons of this as well. What is the best shower beer, and do you subscribe to shower beers, Chad? Absolutely. There's nothing like coming home after a long day of work, getting that hot, uh, you know, steamy shower, and cracking open a nice ice cold PBR. So PBR is your go-to then. Absolutely. I don't want to get too hammered where I, I fall out of the bathtub and slip and fall, but I want, want something that, you know, kind of oils the uh, uh, oils the gears and gets them going, you know, for the uh, the evening activities. I don't want to be pounding, you know, uh, you know, 19%, you know, stouts in my shower. That, that, that just doesn't go very well. I was going to say, how long, how long of a shower are you taking if you're worried about getting so hammered that you're going to fall out? Well, you know, that's, you know, my that's, 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 that's a digress, I guess. A little bit of digression. <laughs> Joey? Uh, um, you know, I, I think that I think Chad made a pretty good point. I mean, anything that that's, you know, not, that needs to be nice and ice cold. So whether it's, um, you know, for me, I mean, if it's, it's you know, got like a nice house, or a Kolsch or something, um, you know, something perhaps a tad bit more uh, crafty than, than a PBR. Um, that's, def- that's definitely my type of 
my type of thing. It's you know, I think it's a, it's a nice session beer while you're while you're doing the shower thing is is a fantastic thing. Oh uh, yeah, hundred percent agree. Earlier uh, in the well, earlier in the year, last fall, um, there was a a movement, if you will. Uh, I'm not going to go into that movement, but I um, during that time, uh, one of the admins got banned from Facebook, and um, we had a solidarity thing, and I uh, I did a video shower chug of a dogfish at 120. Now, was it fun and and, and you know funny and whatever? Probably. Uh, did it help my day? No, it did not. Not not at all. <laughs> not in not in the least, actually. Um, I'm getting ready to go where uh, go out to Phoenix, where shower beers are like a regular thing a couple times a day for us. Uh, we wake up, we go <clears throat> we go tailgate before the Cubs game for a couple hours. We don't drink during the game because uh, Bud Light and eleven dollars don't mix. Um, and then we go back and we nap and we wake up and shower and then we, you know, have shower beers. Um, that said, we usually have some really good craft beers. And my friend that I go with is uh, very amenable to craft beers. But his thing is, you know, Miller Lite still. He's a Miller Lite guy. He is happy to drink the craft beers that I buy. He has a pretty good palate and he understands, but he's also... Uh, money conscious and just wants to drink Miller Lite. So um, I steal some of his Miller Lights for shower beers and he uh, indulges me and drinks craft beers. Um, but yeah, Chad's point is, is very accurate, even if uh, Joey's digression sort of uh, begs the question. But hopefully Chad doesn't fall out of the shower anytime soon. Well, I mean, you know, I fall everywhere. Put alcohol and me together, I'm falling. So, oh. all right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Um, you guys read anything else now? Are you, uh, Joey? Have you cracked one yet, or no? Yeah, mine. Mine's finally open, thankfully. Yeah, good. How is it? It's good. Thick. It's very, very thick. The, all those you can imagine would be like if you took like some maple syrup and some cocoa puffs and diluted it with a beer. I mean, that's essentially kind of what this is like. Cool. Chad, you still on the first one, or are you uh, have you moved on? I'm the first one. Yeah, me too. I, I'm savoring this whale. It's too good to. Uh, <laughs> it's too good to. Uh, too good to chug. Um, all right, here's one that is very, very uh, close to my heart. Uh, I don't know who posed it, but I, uh, but I like it. What do you think that the beer community? Why do you think the beer community can't just accept hyped up beer and move along? Um, yeah, I'm gonna go back to Joey on this one first. Let him uh, have a me- have his measured thoughts before I get on my soapbox. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I don't. I, I honestly don't. I want. I want to think the reason why the beer community can't accept it is because they. Man, I, I don't. I, I hate using the term. I think that there might be some type of entitlement. I think it may be just that if they they can't accept that it's hyped up because they can't obtain it, um, so it's a like maybe it's like, maybe it's like a butthurt type of thing. Um, that said, I mean I think I think the community should 
accept the super high beers because I think it's those type of things that really get other breweries to start to think, well, hell, I can make something like that, or I can make something similar to that, or maybe I could do that, but I would like to, you know, add this or subtract this or so on and so forth. So I think it, I think the, the hype, if you will, the, the notoriety um, kind of helps keep those creative juices flowing within the beer community. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I agree with that. Um, for for me, like, I don't know. I hate to be that guy and say I was into this before, but uh, actually, someone said it on Dollar earlier uh, yesterday, maybe on the on the Hop Slam post or whatever. But I mean, I remember 10, 12 years ago when I was drinking Lambics, and people thought I was crazy, and you couldn't you could find them on shelves certain places, and uh, you know now it's a it's a hunt, and I don't even think most of these people uh, enjoy these beers. Um, and that kind of goes back with the, uh, the whole secondary marketing, which we've touched on ad nauseum. But, you know, when you're, when you're buying into something just to make money off of it, you know, it degrades the hobby to a, to a certain, to a certain level, I guess. But I mean, you also can't fault the person. If someone else is out there that's going to buy the hype or, uh, you know, pay the money, then, you know, it is what it is. I try to um, avoid that mostly. I uh, Most of the stuff that is currently hyped, the pastry stouts and such, are really not my jam, so I can just let it pass on by. And uh, luckily, because of some wonderful people that I know, I've tried things that I never thought I would get to try. So it's, um, you know, if it all works out for the best, just be a good person in the beer community. Like I said, I think episode one. Just be a good person in the beer community, and uh, ultimately, you know, whenever this bubble bursts in craft beer and the, the people who are doing this for the money move on to the next thing for money, uh, maybe they'll, they'll wash out and we'll have just the true believers again and uh, just a bunch of good people, which uh, is my hope. Chad? Yeah, I mean, I accept the hyped beer. You know, and I'm one of those suckers that get that uh, get caught up in some of the hype beers. Uh, have I been let down? Sure, but uh, to me, in the end, it's about the chase. It's about you know building that camaraderie, and you know, chasing hype beer has you know led me to some very great traders, and actually, most of them are in you know our our group, and <clears throat> you know. I do think some beers are hyped more than others based off, you know, past experiences or past, you know, successes, and as they should be, you know, if this brewery consistently puts out, you know, a stout that is, you know, rock solid, um, they should be, but I think that the hype gets in the way of allowing other breweries, you know, for instance, a stout, you know, when you think of good stouts, and are the best stouts in the game, I could probably name five that you've never heard of that I think are the best stouts. I mean, hype is built up by a collective group, and, you know, anybody, I mean, we could build the hype on a beer just easily. You know, I I, I guess I, I subscribe to the hyped beer chase, but I don't subscribe to the hype. I mean, I, I'm will ultimately going to try it for myself, I'm not going to pay what people are asking for just because it's a hype beer. But, you know, I want to try it. People, A bunch of people are talking about something. You know, you don't go to a NASCAR to watch them go around in a circle. You go to NASCAR for the wrecks. 
you go to a hockey game for the fights, mostly for the fights. I actually enjoy watching hockey. So, you know, I, I'm going to go after a hype beer because multiple people are talking about it. Looks like Butler lost his connection, so we might need to yeah. pick this up and keep it going. Yeah, yeah. And Joey, I think we, we, we came from you, right? Um, yeah, we got a, uh, we'll, we'll do a segue off comment, uh, off topic here. We, we, we got a viewer submitted question. Um, Joey, we'll go to you. What's with the sudden influx of lactose and beers? You know, stouts and IPAs. Um, he, the, the viewer goes on to say he doesn't know much about brewing, so he doesn't know what it, what, what adding lactose does or, 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 you know, how it changes the beer. Um, you know, I, I have to say, I definitely notice, you notice it as well. There's a lot more lactose IPAs. A lot of, Microphone is a big fan of using lactose on their stouts. And, you know, I've had some winners from Microphone um, using lactose, uh, both lactose IPAs and lactose stouts. And um, I've had some, you know, I, I have to say, one of the worst beers that I've ever had from Microphone was a lactose stout. And, you know, uh, uh, Joey, what are your thoughts? you like lactose in your beer? Yeah, I mean, I, I can appreciate it. I think that the, you know, it, it certainly can add a certain quality quality to a beer. You know, it kind of, you know, it makes it a little bit more, uh, you know, a little more milky, a little more. I call it fluffy sometimes. Um, you know, it kind of alters that mouth feel, makes it maybe a little less astringent. So, I mean, I can definitely appreciate it. Um, I'm not sure why so many breweries are going, um, going down that path. I think it's just kind of, kind of the trend, kind of the craze. Um, so I can I can certainly appreciate that. I think something that, that actually happened happened to me recently that I earnestly never would have thought of um, is what it, it one of the things that it does do is it kind of sort of limits um, you know who is who can partake in your beer. I mean, we, there there's obviously people who are lactose intolerant, um, you know, have dairy issues and whatnot. Um, so those people would tend to type would tend to probably um, not chase after those beers um and even further i guess it's and this is like something i've really thought of um you know it's it's not a vegan friendly um ingredient or item um and not that i'm vegan but i was trying to do a trade with somebody who is and started thinking through it thinking through the items which that person could consume or would prefer to consume um it grossly limited the number of beers that i could find to send this person um, especially when you start talking about stouts. I mean, so many adjuncts go into stouts in it nowadays, and it's it makes it really, really hard to find something that would be to be vegan friendly. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree. That's I was gonna that was gonna be my counterpoint was you know you're you're cutting out a big a big population of lactose intolerant you know drinkers, um, you know, or, or customers really. You, you, you know, I mean, um, I do like some lactose. You know, I do like the lactose beers. I like a good milk stout. I like a good lactose IPA. Uh, Trip Ditch does one that was fantastic. Um, I actually, I think I have a can for us to drink when you get here, Joey. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's just another adjunct to me, and it, you're right. Now, before I say this word again, and the word is mouthfeel, should uh, we have a debate going on? Should it be mouthfeel or should it be texture? I mean, I think mouthfeel is definitely a, a pretty, pretty 
acknowledged and widely accepted term, but texture it, it ultimately is texture. So why, what, how did mouthfeel come about? I, I honestly don't know where it originated from, to be completely frank with you, but as, as long as I've been following different beers, reading about beers, it, the context has always been mouthfeel. I can, I can understand the use of, of texture, but at the end of the day, mouthfeel is describing how that beer feels in your mouth. I mean, it, it's kind of literal. So I don't, I, I can appreciate the term texture, but I think you're just trying to paint the horse in a different color or something. And I mean, I think you're talking about the same, probably talking about the same thing using a different term, but for me, it's, it's always been mouthfeel and everything that I've read. Um, you know, I mean, that's a, that's an age-old debate, really. You know, it's 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 basically user preference, really. I mean, there's there's a couple other words that I won't use because it's a family-friendly, um, you know, that people don't um, generally accept. But uh, uh, you know, that that that's another topic for another day. Um, now, next topic here, we'll we'll roll right along here while we're talking widely accepted, you know, terminology and, and practices. Kids and breweries, fair or foul? Uh, do you take it case by case? Uh, you know, what's your stance on kids in a brewery? You know, this this topic came up, I want to say a week or two ago, maybe two weeks ago. And um, I, I kind of, kind of, you know, I'm going to say I got flamed for it. But um, I'm very much anti-kids and breweries. Um, I just, number one, I mean, just, from just my taking a step back and thinking, I mean, if I had kids, it would not be a place I'd want to take my kids. If I needed a beer that bad, I would probably have one in the house. Um, and if I'm going to a brewery, I'm probably doing so to get away from my kids. So I, I, I'm always, I, I've always been anti, and I think it's just because that's always been my thought process. Um, but it, it actually has been a debated topic here in Denver. Um, it's universally, um, you know, there's kids in breweries, and no matter which brewery you go to, there's almost always a ton of kids. Um, and in those cases, personally for me, um, instead of sitting and having, you know, a beer or two, um, I become a to-go customer. Um, I get my beer and I leave. I It's not an environment I want to be around. It's, I don't want to be in a, in a location or a place where I'm having to think about my actions or having to think about what – what I'm saying as I'm talking to my friends, um, worrying that I'm going to offend um, a parent who they don't want their kids hearing the type of stuff that comes out of my mouth. Um, it's not something I want to think to think. I don't want to think about it. I, I, I just and I know that some people would say, and I think this pretty much the, the way that the topic went a couple weeks ago, you know, people were saying that essentially I needed to be a better person. Um, and I, you know, took a little bit of offense to that. But at the end of the day, it's like I want to be able to feel comfortable in the environment. Um, and I'll take it one step further before we, before we take this caller, um, talking to brewers here in Denver, even ones who have kids, I'm going to say that they are more inclined to not be allowed or to not allow kids in their breweries. Um, but they tend, they, they have always essentially acquiesced to the norm, which is to have kids, um, because that's kind of, like I said, kind of norm in the city. Um, personally, I'd like to see him go away from it, but that's just me. So, Chad? Yeah, so before we take this caller, I'll, I'll counterpoint that. Um, I, I do agree. I mean, I, I definitely take a hard line with you. However, 
Um, you know, I do have a lot of friends. I don't have any kids myself. I do have a lot of friends that, that have kids. Um, you know, and it's it's nice to be at a brewery, a place with good beer and, and drink beer, and they can take their kids. Microphone, for example, is a they have no food. It's no restaurant, but it's bring your own snacks, whatever, food. And they are kid-friendly. And, you know, second shift, they're kid-friendly. I've, I've seen multiple pictures, board games, whatnot. You know, I, I do see that they're trying not to hold out, you know, or, or, you know, kind of put a wall up between their customers. But, like you said, I want to go. I'm going to get away from kids. I'm going away to get from my house. I'm going away to get from my dogs. Um, you know, I, I want to enjoy myself. I want to be able to you know, talk to my friends in my normal tone and not have to worry about what I say to offend. Um, you know, another topic, we're going to take this caller, but another topic I'd like to talk, maybe if we have time later, about dogs in a brewery. That's a very hot topic here in Iowa right now is, is dogs at breweries. Um, and, and, but we'll take this call. We have uh, Dave Zarka on the uh, line. And uh, Dave, how are you doing tonight? Uh, not too bad. How are you guys doing? Great, man, great. Before we get into it or asking questions or go to what you're calling about, what's in your glass, Dave? Uh, actually, I just finished what's in my glass. Uh, I am currently going to pour the statement from Shram's Mead that mm. Ron sent us. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, yep, I think I have a little bit left, actually, of that Shram's I'm, I'm savoring it. Um, I believe that Shrams came from Mr. Robert Beckwith. Um, but good, man. Uh, just you tonight, or drinking with the wife? Actually, uh, Jordan is with me, and actually Brock swung by after work, so he's here as well. We're actually listening nice. to it on our soundbar right now. So the actual soundbar is about a 25-second difference probably. So. Mm. Oh, well, yeah, that... Listen through a speaker, there is a kind of a delay, but uh, we're awesome, man. We're we're glad to hear you. Is there a topic that caught your uh, piqued your interest interest that you wanted to talk about that we've covered so far? Uh, so far, from what I've heard, it's actually been like the uh, the whole lactose thing, and then like mouthfeel where that originated. And uh, yeah, actually, you know, from yeah, where I, see, I I think you could shed some light. Go ahead. Well, just. Kind of a touch. I mean, I guess where I first heard the whole mouthfeel thing was Treehouse. Just, it was like the whole soft, subtle kind of palate feel that it had was kind of what got to a lot of people. Lactose is hard, too, just with how many people are allergic, but it's also kind of one of the things with the whole pastry stuff, too, with any nuts. Anybody with a nut allergy, you know, is automatically out, so it's, That makes sense. How, how much lactose needs to be in a batch or in a bottle or a can for it to really affect like a lactose intolerant person? I mean, I guess I'm not lactose intolerant, so I don't know. Can they have a drop of, uh, you know, dairy? I really kind of need to do my research before I bring this question up. But as a brewer, you might know. Uh, for me, anytime I've used lactose, it's been about a pound per five gallons. Yeah. I mean, if you relate and that was, to, you know. Yeah, to, to Dave's point, I was going to say, I think we were, for me, we were doing about a pound per five-gallon batch. So I, I think it's probably about the same. I don't know what would it, what would impact or have, what would cause an adverse effect to a consumer, though. 
All right, Dave, um, we'll go back to the last topic here. Kids and breweries, um, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, kids and breweries? I, yeah. I'm actually <laughs> I'm dead set in the middle, and I actually can't say one way or the other. Uh, there's times I've been there, and I've been absolutely pissed off that I've been there with people with kids. I've had times at, like, say, as it has been mentioned, microphone where I they haven't bothered me at all. And there's, like, Tangle Roots in town, too. They have games and shit that kids can play. So it's, I mean, they kind of, they indulge to themselves kind of thing. But it's it's kind of a, it's a, it's a hard decision for me, I guess. <laughs> and we don't have kids, but so, I mean, for, for me, kind of the answer is no, I want to say, but Jordan's yes. Brock is about a hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> Brock has a kid too. So it's kind of, it's tough. <laughs> See, I, I think we're going to find that, you know, parents are going to definitely be on the yes side, but then again, you never know. I mean, like to Joey's point, people go to breweries to kind of get away from it. Also, you know, I mean, to each their own. Uh, I, as long as they don't, you know, like anything in life, as long as they don't impede on me and my, my life and my good time, do what you want. Well, so there's a there's like a taproom bottle shop that we have near us. It's uh, called Iron and Glass, and they have a uh, in the men's restroom. They actually have a full changing table. And I actually brought one of my buddies the other day after one of my hockey games. And he was like, Oh my God. He's like, dude, this place wins. And I'm like, why does it win? And he's like, dude, it has a full changing table in the men's room. And I'm like, really? That's not like, that's where you're going to go with. Not all the Firestone Walker barrel series or anything on the shelf. It's, you know, the, the changing table. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, uh, I draw the line. I think there. Yeah, I'm not. Don't bring yeah. a baby. Bring you know, bring somebody that can walk and talk and not make a mess and I, cry and yeah. I I understand altogether, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of uh, tangled roots, um, you're gonna bring some of that my way on on Saturday, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I got a bunch of stuff I'm bringing. So who uh, who is putting on that chair too? By the way. Uh, Mr. Josh Anderson. All right. We'll see you, Brock. Bye, Brock. Yeah. All right. Um, before we get into, we actually have a, a, a hot topic um, discussion here. Actually, let me let's get Chris Butler. He's gonna he's back on the line here. Chris, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you fine. All right, um, we just covered the um, the hyped beer and the kids and breweries discussion. Do you have a? And, and we also have Dave Zarka on the line. So, do you have any um, any thoughts on uh, why the beer community can't accept hyped beer and move on, or the kids and breweries discussion? I, I actually think you should uh, you would have a a opinion. Yeah, I mean on the. Um on the hype beer, that's when I got cut out, so I already kind of like uh, said my piece on that. So I'll let that be. Hi, Dave. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm not too bad. How about yourself? I'm good, man. We just lost internet here. It's freaking like crying kid and <laughs> so angry not actually dad. very good. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. Um, as far 
far as kids and breweries, um, you know, I, I can go either way with this, honestly. I mean, for me, it's very convenient to have kids in breweries, obviously, three kids. Um, but I also understand having a adult-only area. Um, my only concern or complaint is I think it should be posted or uh, noted somewhere, when, especially when you're traveling and you're looking things up, Facebook or a website or whatever. If you're planning on going to these places, and you have kids in tow and you show up and they turn you away, you go, well, you, know, you didn't say anything on your website or on Facebook. You know, that, that's, that's my only real complaint with it. It's just um, if you're upfront and honest about it and uh, transparent with it, then, um, you know, I don't really have a problem. If I'm by myself, I'll still go. If I have my kids, I'll just, uh, you know, have to skip it. But, uh, dad comes first before uh, before beer drinker. Yeah, it kind of has to, I think, at that aspect. Of course it does. I mean, I love beer, but I love my kids a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, we we don't have any kids, so we have two dogs, which we can't take many places or breweries with us. So There's actually quite yeah, a few that are outdoors. Yeah, down here a lot so, of breweries are um, – pretty dog friendly as long as the brewery is compartmentalized which most of them are um, and yeah. they don't serve food which most of them don't so uh, one of our I mean one of our favorite places that we went to and honestly like my bachelor party was they were open for a month was uh, Hailstorm and I've, I've been a big oh. fan ever since but yeah. uh, they've always been dog friendly and everything but the last release we went to which was the coconut and the coffee maple one they had a sign, a big sign up that said no dogs allowed anymore, and they don't they don't serve beer or sorry not beer obviously they serve beer but uh, <laughs> they don't have food at all, so it's kind of like what what happened you know like did somebody bring a dog that bit somebody or was it like you know you know yeah, Dave, Dave a, to that point there's one of those quickly, um, beer though now I guess that's I mean I guess that's uh, them doing their their part on it. But, uh, yeah, it does stink, especially when you've gotten used to uh, hanging out. And you kind of become attached to dogs, much like kids. So, you know. <laughs> Go ahead, uh, Joey. No, I was going to say to, to Dave's point, um, in Denver, um, I was going to say up until I think it was probably, I'm going to say two years ago, maybe two and a half years ago, um, there was dogs in all the breweries. Uh, but they're um, – the, essentially code changed. It became a, a health violation to have dogs even in the breweries. So even though it wasn't serving food, it was still serving a consumable. Um, and I believe it's city and county of Denver um, essentially disallowed you know, having dogs in, in the breweries. Now you can have them outside. You can have them on a patio, um, but you can't have them inside where the beer is being poured. Yeah. Yeah, which, I, I mean, I, I kind of understand as well, but I, it's just, it's it's kind of a weird thing to think about considering Rogue has a beer that comes from, you know, like the yeast to drive from one of the brewer's beers, you know. We just had a, a beer where the yeast came from, you know, a woman's vagina. So it's like, you know, that's kind of sketchy. But at the same time, I mean, it's boiled, so I get the sanitation process. But it's... 
It's just weird to think about, you know, a single a dog that can be, oh, or even a kid, I guess, for that matter. That can be kind of a sanitation reason. But... Well, uh, so I, I gotta go back to to before we go anywhere else. Would you taste that beer? Would anybody on this call Which one? actually taste that beer? The 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 woman's the, the the vagina beer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely, I would. No well, question. Well, absolutely let me, not. Let me uh, let me ask you: Have you tasted a vagina? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Who are you Hashtag talking to here? Tag tits and biffs. Well, then if you've done that, then you might as well taste the beer. Well, you know, I guess I've never had it put that way to me. So yeah, I guess I could see it. it. So is it look, considered I mean, uh, cheating, guys, that it, If you like two foods, <laughs> they should probably go together. No, it doesn't always work out, but I mean, you know, I'm not one of those guys that can't have my food touching on my plate. So, you know, I'd try it. I don't think I'd necessarily love it, and it wouldn't crack my top 500 ever or so. But you know, not like I would shy so, away from it. It's just. Yeast. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, okay. I mean, I've had you know sanitized urine turn into water. I've tried. I've had that before in my military days. But I don't know. It's something about rap. I don't know. But uh, actually, Joey, you made a comment here, and I I got a question. Um, where did the uh, hashtag tits and biff come from? Well, I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, I guess a quick story of where it came from, and then I can kind of give everybody an update on it. Um, it's probably been a few months, uh, but I made a comment that, um, you know, if, if you wanted likes within the group, you either needed to be an admin, you needed to be a girl, or a, a lady, a woman, a female, however you identify, um, or you needed to post a biff. So if you wanted essentially responses to whatever you're posting, admin, lady or or biff and it kind of i don't know if it was me or someone else kind of truncated truncated at the hashtag tits and biffs um but it's been a running joke since then between i think a few of us um and the oddity in that is that within about the last week or so i've had three people reach out to me either through like facebook messenger or text message telling me that it was an insensitive hashtag um, that it was demeaning to women um, and a few other things. And while I can probably understand that without any form of context, I think you also have to kind of understand that you're reading something on the Internet that probably wasn't intended for you. And if that causes your panties to ride up inside your ass, then um, maybe you should not be on the Internet anymore. Taking a hard line, Joey, I like it. I like it. Yep. Uh, I was just generally curious. Uh, I'd seen it pop up a couple times from you, and I, I saw it take a reemergence. So I'm like, I don't even know where the origin of this this hashtag came from, but figured I'd go to the source while you're on the line. I, someone here can know a week. Where was like, yeah, there, was a, there was a week where like four or five people were like, "Hey, I can't get any likes," or "Hey, I don't understand why this." And Joe was like, "All right, listen, folks. Here's the thing. How it works." Well, also, like, if you post during a time when everybody else is posting, it kind of goes back to that search feature thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And look, if we have 400 people posting beers individually, the whole thing, every post is going to get lost. That's why there's a roll call. Now, if you get a beer mail or if you get a uh, 
shoot, I don't know, um, a special beer, you crack a whale, you're at a bottle share, you want to say a special thank you to someone, you have a story to tell with it, then sure, post that separately. But if you're just drinking a normal beer and throughout the day, then, you know, find a roll call and post it. Same thing with, with that. I mean, don't wonder why your posts aren't getting likes. I have posts that don't get likes, and I'm really cool. So I think the thing that gets lost the most are the for trade and in search of. I feel like those get yeah. overlooked the most. Yeah, there's not much of that. I mean, basically, it's like don't say that you are in search of something because it's probably just going to land in your porch anyway. So not really. I mean, it's CIA definitely possible with this group, but I'm just saying in general, if you post an in search of and for trade, it seems like those don't get as much of a bite sometimes. Really? Yes. I. I it might be that I'm – and not to say you're not active, Jordan. Or And by the way, listeners, this is uh, Jordan. Uh, she has joined the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I, you know, and you're active too. We're all active on this group. That's why we're, you know, part of the podcast, calling in, hosting. Um, I got in search of showing up on my porch, and, it, it, you know, I have a list. I, I just cleared my list or just about cleared my list, and now I have had to restart my whole dang list. Yeah, so much that I had to go buy a whole bunch of crawlers tonight to to take care of people on the list because I had posted in search of two weeks ago and now it it just showed up on my porch. I never you know talked to the person. Um, you know, I, I do agree. We do the the, the and we've talked about this on the podcast before. The the whole you know uh, roll call and we we see that in other groups. My Iowa craft beer crew group, they all eight roll calls a day gets kind of stupid and cluttered and and i know the admins and other people are working to police it in in our group but um you know i don't know i mean i think that no i definitely agree that we have 900 people yeah we have 900 people ultimately things are gonna get lost that's why you know with the podcast stuff i post multiple times to get it out there um, you know, we we saw that Joey and I and, and the uh, the beer mist team saw that with the multiple posts we did daily about sign ups for beer mist, and yet people still never saw our posts. And I generally, it's not that they forgot that they you know missed the deadline. I think generally they missed the post because depends on the time of day that you go. Your feed, I mean, my feed's taken up of all my beer you know groups, and, and I know how it could be. So mm-hmm. you know. I, I don't know what the solution is. I'm just, I guess, more more sympathizing rather than offering solutions, oh, no, so I definitely. can't be a help to anybody. But... Definitely. Joey? No, I totally get that. And, I mean, I like I said, it's just sometimes I see those, and it's like I feel bad because I can't help them out more so than anything. And, yeah. Also, a Absolutely. note on the beer mess. I finally just found out who sent me my beer mess, so I'm a little excited about that. I tell you, but we, me and him – Decided that we were going to let you sweat it for a little while. I would have told you, and he would have told you, so but then we conspired. We conspired to say, "No, let's let her sweat it for a little bit." Um, but I'm glad you found out. If you want to announce it, give him a shout out here on the podcast. This is your platform. No <laughs> Vori. Vori sent it, and that box was awesome. Seriously, I was so excited opening it. So when I didn't know who sent it to me, I was just. I was kind of sad because it's like one of those things that one of those days I want to just do a return fire and 
I didn't know who exactly sent it. And then I was like, oh, did they like mess up their address or something on purpose type of a thing? So I was a little worried to just send something randomly. So I was, I was pretty excited. I kind of had a, a uh, little hunch for a while, but I wasn't sure. Hey, Joe, do you want to address that ISO thing? Yeah, um, I guess quick, I guess kind of make two quick really points. Two quick points that kind of work together. Um, you know, it, it's a very active group. Things are moving all, all day. Um, people that have non-traditional working hours, people that are that are posting while they're at work. Um, things are moving, so it doesn't matter what you post. There's a really good chance it's going to get buried, and the only way someone's going to really find it is if you routinely bump it, or for those angels to actually go out there and they actually do use a search function to figure out what people are looking for so that way they can make someone's dreams come true. So um, relative to that is, is the concept of in search of for trade post. Um, I think I think, I think think there's still people that – there's people that leverage a group for in search of for trade, and I can appreciate that. But there are hundreds if not thousands of those groups on Facebook. What makes Drama Free different, what makes Drama Free unique is that it's not just in search of and for trades. It's it's a community. It's camaraderie. It's people talking. It's people putting their lives on the line. People that are coming there to for some form of respite because of, of things that are going on in their life. People that are coming there to celebrate raises, promotions, the birth of a baby, so on and so forth. Um, that all leads into the fact that things move very, very fast. The more popular posts are always going to get bumped. Um, and to be completely frank, in the search for trade posts is probably not going to be very, very popular. Um, so it's going to get buried really, really quick. Yeah, just to uh, follow up on that, I I posted at ISOFT at one point. It got buried pretty quickly. And this was back before the group really was growing as hard as it is now. Um, this was back before chug videos were really a thing. This was just me saying, hey, I'd like to try a couple, you know, anythings from Brewery X, Y, and Z. And uh, I kind of got crickets on it. And then Justin Hudgens ran a biff based on someone being able to guess one of those uh, breweries that I hadn't been able to try, you know, eight months, nine months later. And what Who happened? You've now been able to try. Yeah, what happened? Uh, two people dropped some on my freaking porch. Um, so, yeah, that's just the way this group is. I think, I, I don't know, um, I don't look at this group as an ISOFT group. I look at this group more as a, uh, a family, a, a definitely a close-knit group of friends and Joey using the word camaraderie is like, you know, kind of nailed it for me. So I don't come to the group for ISOFT. Uh, I know I can, but I also know that I need to do a targeted ISOFT if that's the case. If, if you know what I mean, like I need to research who's in the area who might have access and do it. Hey, so-and-so, I'm ISO this. Any chance you might be able to get me some? But then that definitely makes just, sense. Yeah, but that's also not really my style. I'm, I'm basically, I'd rather look and read through posts and be able to fulfill people's wishes and get back whatever rather than um, specifically ask for things because uh, I just don't do that very often. And then I always feel bad because people think that the only thing I want in return is Lambic, and that's not the case. I like <laughs> other things. But people are like, oh, dude, I don't, I don't have any Lambic to offer you. I'm like, that's fine. I do drink other beers. I mean, I just had a freaking <laughs> whale a moment ago, uh, and it was glorious. So it was a steel reserve, by the way. 
I really hope you're kidding. I really hope nope. you're joking. Nope. Hold on, I'll go find it and I'll uh, tag you. Yeah, Let's so. The roll call thread. Hey, Jordan, what's in your glass? Are you drinking what Dave was drinking? Yeah, I'm drinking some shrimps right now. And it is absolutely nice. delicious. Are we going to see some tram trucks from you guys? Uh, probably not tonight if that is ever going to happen. Shrams chugs. We sure have we should rock, make that so we don't have enough to be doing chugs tonight. I'm going to chug something, though. <laughs> All right. Dave's apparently saying we're chugs or something. I have to be at work tomorrow morning and be actually coherent, so oh, that might not happen. <laughs> well, we're snowed in here. I, uh... Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do a Google Hangouts later. I've been able to up my ten ten person seat limit to twenty five. So, um, be, be stay tuned for that. But um, all right, let's let's move on to the next topic. Um, you know, Dave Jordan, you're more than welcome to stay. Um, if you guys got to go, we certainly uh, understand we can, it and we can appreciate so Somebody time. else can join. Uh, well, we're, we haven't got any more callers, so you guys oh. are the best we've got right now. We'll settle, we'll settle for you, Dave and Jordan. You're the best we've got uh, right now. <laughs> 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 um, so let, let's move on. We we got this. Uh, we we've got a hard hitting topic. We got about thirty minutes left uh, of the show time, but um, we definitely. I want to get into this, and let's be really quick. The beer subscription delivery services, you know, i.e. Tavor, um, that's the only one I know. Chris, Joey, you guys know of any other beer delivery services? Yeah, um, I was given as a present from my parents a couple of years ago the um, craft beer box, whatever the heck it is. The, the main big one, the one that kind of started it all. And um, it was super underwhelming. Um, one thing that I will say about them, though, is um, one one bottle showed up broken, and they replaced it. Um, all I did was send them pictures of it. So that was, that was cool of them, but the bottles were nothing special. Um, wasn't exciting at all. So, hmm. Hey Kelsey, can I have a kiss tonight? <laughs> yeah, I can't mute my phone right now. Sorry. No, you're fine, brother. You're fine, brother. Um, so I just to kind of keep the topic going. So I I use Tavor. I've been with them probably almost two years now. I want to say that I I heard about them right around or shortly after when when they started up. And for people who don't know who they are, they're Essentially, um, a, del- a beer a beer delivery service. They they leverage a series of couriers across the country. I don't, I, they don't use FedEx or or UPS or USPS here in Denver. I'm presuming it's the case elsewhere. Um, but they they've got some they've got some decent beers. Um, they've got a lot of lot of um, a lot of unique items. I'll say a lot of there's some things that you know I would never be able to find here. Um, and and kind of the way they work for the folks that don't know is they essentially buy up additional inventory. Um, and then they offer that essentially through through sale through their through their app or through their email subscription service. Um, but I've been able to get 
you know, and so basically the way it works, you know, about every day, every other day, you get a notification. Um, sometimes it's multiple times depending on what's available, and you can essentially buy up to a certain amount at a certain dollar amount, and then have it essentially delivered to your to your door once a month. Um, they use, um, I mean, I've been able to get stuff from like Unani from them. I've gotten stuff from like El Apothecary. Um, that's stuff that they kind of routinely offer. But the perks, one of the perks that, that comes along with, with using a service is the more you buy through them or the more interactive you are with them, um, you can get into some special limited type of things. Um, earlier this, I think it was, it would have been late last year, um, they had a very small allotment of a deal with the devil. Um, you know, the 375 uh, milliliter bottles that came out. And I know there were some individuals even within within DF that were able to get some of those bottles. Um, personally, for me, um, you know, I, I get a lot of Fremont stuff. Um, I was able to get at least two different times last year, I was able to get three, two, three uh, bottle allotments of Rusty Nail. Um, I've got three bottles Whoa. of um, Coffee Cinnamon Bee Bomb that's going to be coming um, probably here in two weeks. So the, the stuff they offer on a daily basis or near daily basis, it's not going to blow your, blow your socks off. It's really cool to use them to try a new brewery or to try it. You know, maybe you really like barrel aged stouts. Um, and then they'll, they'll, you know, a couple times a month they'll pop up with, with some barrel aged stouts. It might not be the greatest thing in the world, um, but it's always nice to try something new or something that you really, really like from a different brewery. Um, but the more you buy and the more you're a part of it, um, there are some benefits or some rewards to it. So that's what I have to say, the reason why I suggested the topic. Joey Hamilton, spokesman for Tavor. <laughs> yeah, they, they are not. They are not a paid adver- They are not a paid advertiser. Um, but if Andrew or anyone from Tavor is listening and they want to become a paid advertiser, inquire herein. Yeah, absolutely. We will take. Uh, we will take advertisers. We're not. Uh, we're not above that. Um, and I think Joey just sold me on it. So there you go. I'll send you. I, know, I, don't I thought it was. Go ahead, oh, go ahead. Jordan. Oh, I was just going to say that I thought it was interesting that he put the uh, term of it won't blow your socks off, but it's still really good. And that's where I have the issues with um, using the term shelfies, because I feel like that's gotten to a point where people think of it as a negative thing, even though some shelfies in certain areas may be a fantastic beer. And to somebody outside of the area, it may be something that they're like, oh, I really want to try that. So I always thought that that was just kind of, I just thought that was an interesting <laughs> point. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we've touched about that a lot and on this podcast is, um, uh, you know, the, uh, the term shelfie is overuse. I have shelfies that, you know, I can send that, you know, people in, in the beer groups want. I mean, to me, they're shelfies mm-hmm. because they're readily available to me, but, and they're not just brewery only, but they hit distro. You know, IETG, um, you know, a lot of local breweries around here. But, you know, I love my shelfies. I mean, if you want to shit on my shelfies, you know, see you later. But Exactly. You know, I mean, Tavor, I can't get. Um, we're apparently not in the delivery route, I think, if that's the one I'm thinking about. Um, but they do have some decent stuff. I mean, it's good for people that can't get these beers. You know, they had... TG uh, bombers. They've had TG cans. You know, I wouldn't recommend buying the cans, but if you can't get that, then that's good for you. I mean, it, it is literally a delivery service, like drama. You know, uh, it, 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 like drama free. 
Well, I was gonna say, you know, I I never, I, and, and let me let me back that up for for everybody that's listening here. I didn't mean like a delivery service. I didn't have quite the reach of traders that I have now. I'm able to get beer and, and trade with people that, um, you know, I never did two years ago or a year and a half ago. And and Tavor definitely, I would have jumped all in, but I don't need to now. Is what was where I'm getting at. I don't need to. I, Drama Free is my Tavor. I, I can trade and, and CNS, you know, cost and shipping with, you know, hundreds of people across the U.S. But I can see how it is a good service for people that don't have that reach or just want to try new beers that they don't get at their high V or their grocery store down the street. Definitely. Well, I could yeah. see that. You're 100% accurate. I mean, we touched on this a little bit last week, too. Um, that Arkansas is moving the week before. Arkansas's craft beer scene is still infantile at best. I mean, we're knocking out some pretty good beers at this point, but I mean, it's nothing compared to Chicago or shoot, even freaking God forsaken Des Moines um, and definitely not Denver. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's nice to be able to have some good beer now to send out as shelfies, but I remember I traded it hell on a bomb when it first came out and it was a shelfie for me but you know they had a four state distribution I traded that stuff for everything I traded for Hill Farmstead and uh, Eddie Topper and Planet the Elder and blah 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 whatever just way back in the day so yeah I mean don't don't crap on shelfies as this Chad said less uh, a little little different than I just said it (laughs) Don't shit on the shelfie. Yeah, that. Chris. So we we got about twenty minutes left. Um, uh, you know, it, it keeps coming back up. The 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 good beer hunting article and the responses and and the 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 reverb felt amongst the beer community and the industry. Um, oh you know, God, Dave was saying I should bring this up earlier and tag Corey in it. So so good, you know. But l- let's go to Joey here first. Um, you've got, uh, you got you, you. I want to hear your opinion. You know, I mean, I think I don't know. You know, w- w- what say you, Joey? You know, this came up last week in a very um, uh, a very broken up manner. Um, it was kind of new to us in the podcast. Um, I we weren't necessarily prepared to address the topic. Um, but subsequent to, to last week's podcast, I know I took the time to read through both the, the original article and the reaction um, and sat down and do what I do best, which kind of put my thoughts to paper. I ended up writing about, looks like 650 words, and I'm not going to bore you all to death with it. Um, but um, in short, um, and is, you know, the, the bear of very unpopular opinion, um, what I was able to discern from it is that we have a lot of extraordinarily um, sensitive and perhaps high-horsed, soapboxed, or entitled fucking people um, that are doing everything they possibly can to neuter craft beer. And it would be really, really, really nice if some people would take a step back and realize that not every beer, not every brewery, not every brewer is for you. You have a lot of options. You can sift through them all. Find the one that allies with your political, um, I don't know what to call it, 
your political nature. Affiliation. And uh, uh, if you subscribe to that type of thing. Um, I, I think if you take a step back, you can find a brewery that will, you know, tickle you in whatever way you need to be tickled as you consume a beer. Um, but not everyone's for you. Not every beer is for you. Just like you're not going to be able to taste every beer, um, you know, you shouldn't have to feel like you have to be included in every brewery. Um, I am very much aligned with a brewery here in Denver that does a very good job of pissing off people um, because they know that not every patron is for them. They have a lot of, they have a lot, you have a lot of options. You're not going to taste every brewery. You're not going to taste every beer. So stop feeling like you should have to. Amen. That's all. Thank you. Have them on until I try them all, Joey. <laughs> no, you know, I'm, I trying to to collect, say... I'm trying to collect oh. them all, too. Go ahead, Jordan. Sorry. No, go ahead, Jordan. I'm, oh, I no, no, no. I'm sorry. My thing's delayed, apparently. So, um, no, I just was going to say, as far as that article in itself, I feel like apparently what they were trying to accomplish is a good thing as far as the inclusion aspect. But I feel like the way that they went about it was all wrong. And maybe that's just me as being a woman who loves craft beer and I go to these breweries and, yeah, I've had some issues at some breweries and, you know, some profiling as far as, oh, you want the lightest, fruitiest beer or whatever. Um, But I've never felt like I am not included, especially when I actually start talking about beer and maybe it's just because I actually know what I'm talking about when it comes to beer then they're like, holy crap, you know, this is something different, you know, and then they actually talk to me and they talk to me like an actual person and I'm not seen as some outside person. Um, So I just thought it was interesting, the take that they took and the fact that they used the breweries that they did and they didn't necessarily reach out to those breweries in a appropriate amount of time to get a comment from them was kind of, I guess, what bothered me because, um, and I was one that was commenting on that article a bunch just because the way they went about it bothered me, especially because it was, you know, and I know this is going to sound bad, but, you know, two males that were also white males talking about inclusion, and they're not necessarily the ones that feel that non-inclusiveness. And it, like I said, I know that can sound bad on some fronts, but it's true to an extent. And I guess to me it just was, I felt like there was not enough of that other voice in there. And some of the breweries they mentioned, there are female brewers um, or owners that would have loved to have their opinions in there. Or, you know, look at Pipeworks. You know, you have a female brewer there that feels very, very big on her place in that company and feels very included. So it just, it was one of those things that I felt like they kind of rushed instead of doing that very thorough input more so uh, so I'm going to try really hard not to get political I'm going to stick to my <laughs> 20, 2017 uh, resolution and not discuss politics online uh, I'll consider this online um, that said I think people should be allowed to do what they want especially in a non-criminal fashion um, and if you don't like it move along, you know. Um, offense, I, I subscribe to the notion that offense cannot be given, they can only be taken. So, um, I try to assume that all people I interact with are coming from a, a good place um, and they are, you know, trying to be good people for the most part and 
you know, or I wouldn't really be friends with him or interact with him. So taking that into account, I don't think that, um, you know, my friends who disagree with me on certain topics are bad people. I just think they think differently than me. Um, so I either scroll past their posts I disagree with, or I invite them to a cup of coffee or a beer or whatever, and we talk about it in person because context gets lost in social media. Um, all that said, I think that the article was horribly written. Um, I was an English major, and um, there's a lot I can take offense at just from the way they wrote the article. Um <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. Like I said, I feel like the thought behind the article was a good thing. I just felt like it got lost. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you suck at writing and you try to be a writer. <laughs> um, but you know, those who those who do those who do what they do um, only to bring others down uh, have issues with themselves. So. Um, yeah, I was never a huge good beer hunting fan uh, before, and I'm less so now. But I also believe they have a right to speak their minds. I also don't think that an Instagram account with 25 followers really is that big of a uh, a tidal wave of, of things in the beer community. Do I agree with it? No, not really. I think it's you know, pretty childish, and it's the kind of humor that I don't really ascribe to. But I think they're absolutely allowed to post it and and have that sort of viewpoint. Just don't think that I'll partake in it. That's that's my point of view on it. So I agree with you, and yeah. I don't feel like that speaks for the beer community as a whole. And as far as not supposedly being inclusive, I guess. And they also were not affiliated accounts. Um, sure. It was just employees that made these accounts and did these things. And it's like yeah. you know their humor and these you know, other ideas, it doesn't mean that that's what that brewery stands for. Absolutely. Yeah, context is everything. I mean, you know, they, it wasn't a good look. They didn't do their research. They they discluded some of the breweries and then even made comments of how the working mother, um, they wanted a response from her the morning of before they posted it, but yet she's, you know, people are busy. People have lives outside of their job, and they made comments about that on social media, and and then, you know, they went ahead and published anyway, and then they they never tried to backtrack, which I, I, I do give them, if, if anything, and don't take this the wrong way, anybody listening, I give them props. They took a stance, and they stuck with it. They didn't backtrack, and I, I do respect that. I don't respect what they were saying, or I, uh, I respect what they were saying because they were saying it. I don't like and disagree with what they're saying, but I respect that they s- took a stance and they stuck with it and didn't backtrack. And, you know, to me, they might have gained one respect point from the 80 they lost. And I agree with that, and that's one thing, and I'm not going to name names or name breweries because if you want to know the whole story, you can look it up, but... The fact that they said to her husband that he should have made her available was one comment that just bothered me the most. Like, he's not her keeper. <laughs> like, And she has a life outside of there and, you know, has kids and things like that. And it's like, okay, she's not going to be available, you know, the morning that you're about to publish this in order to answer your comment. You should have given it more time. 
Absolutely. That's the point of being offended, right? Is to react as soon as possible. To try to get ahead. Oh. To be the first. One uh, one one quick to validate yourself. Go ahead. Yeah, one quick point. I respect, but I don't. It doesn't mean I admire him because because he took a stance and stuck with it. I respect that he did. You know, uh, the the clearly there to me. There's two different lines here. You know, I respect that he took a stance and stuck with it. Now he's wrong, and the whole community came out, you know, in, in defense. And maybe he should have, you know, maybe tried to clarify some points, but he didn't, and that's where he went wrong. But I do respect that he took a stance and stuck with it. Do I admire it? No, because I don't agree with it. Yeah. I definitely agree with you on that. You know what you should do right now? You know what you should do right now? Besides, you know, hold hands and sing kumbaya. You should maybe talk about number 15. You want to talk about number 15 tonight? It would be a good segue. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean, we are on the number 15 topic, too. How coincidental is that? Uh, I mean, we can, but we're, we're missing Steve. Steve's not here. Scuba Steve's not here. That's true. That's true. That's true. And it wouldn't be right without Derek. Derek, one of the OGs, no. who I think actually brought up the topic... You know, needs yeah. to be at least a guest caller. Yeah. Hey, Get if you want to be a guest caller, my phone is about to die anyway. Yeah, and we got about less than ten minutes left, so. Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, definitely. We tried to join before, but Dave was too drunk to actually get the number right. Oh, I got oh Dave. <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave. Well, yeah, thank you, uh, Jordan and Dave and uh, Brock, for the limited time that you never called in, but you listened. And uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's been fun definitely sharing our opinions with you and, and hearing yours as well. Definitely. Thanks for having us. Take care, y'all. I will. Yeah, you too. Take care. Bye, guys. So, with that being said, uh, is there any last-minute uh, topics or discussions you guys want to have, Joey and Chris? Um, hmm. Did we do the beer gift thing? Was that done? No. No, we didn't get that. We did not. Um, I think we got enough time for that. Yeah, best and worst related gifts we get from family and friends. I'm sure we have all been given some stuff from a person who had great intentions but just didn't know any better. I mean, I'll start off with this one. My mom, you know, bless her, bless her heart. You know, she knows me and, and the wife are into craft beer, and you know, we go to Kansas City and we do, you know, the craft, the local, local brewery tours. She will text me when she goes. You know, my mom's a retired Marine, and um, she'll go to the commissary, um, which is tax-free food, pretty much. If for those of you that know, don't know. Um, on the, on the um, on Fort Leavenworth, and she'll text me just a buttload of pictures of beers that are you know cheaper because there's no tax and you know alcohol tax doesn't matter anything like that doesn't matter there, and um, you know bless her soul, but these these are beers that I, I'm just not going to buy. Right. <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago, I got a. Um, <clears throat> B 
beard comb bottle opener combo, um, which sounds cool, like in theory, <laughs> but do you really want to be opening up a beard that you've brushed your beard with on a regular basis? That was kind of a weird one. Yeah, it was kind of a weird one. I don't know if that's the best or the worst or or anything. It's just a strange one. Um, As far as best gift of craft beer related, um, just my wife letting me continue to do what I do (laughs) without ultimately shaming me too much or uh, giving me too much crap, I guess. That's probably the best gift. Yeah, I can. I I'll echo that. I think that the uh, the loved ones that continue to uh, endure our uh, our mm-hmm. lovely little hobby hobby slash habit, and I think those those are the real MVPs. Without doubt. Um, in terms of, I say maybe I I, I can't say I ever had like an amazing beer gift. Um, I think largely those in my life know that it's not worth even trying because I'm kind of finicky about what it is that I like and what it is that I want, and it's just too much of a pain in the butt to even try to try. So, um, but I, I, I did have, um, I, I had a wife who, uh, who tried and, um, I, I still have, um, some interesting, I'm going to call them bar knickknacks, um, little placards and like wall mounted bottle openers and things like that. And while not, well, there's absolutely positively nothing wrong with them. Um, they're just not the type of thing that I've, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm in my office right now staring at them. They've never been hung up. They've been sitting in, in a corner in my office for two and a half, almost three years. So, so maybe I'll get around to hanging those up someday. Today. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I like everything for my bar, you know, I'll hang anything up. So, uh, beer-wise, you know, the, the the worst gift I think I've ever gotten was a bomber of uh, the the Mountain Dew, not your father's. I mean, I chugged it. I wasn't going to be mean about it. But uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't the best thing I've ever had, but it wasn't bad. But... Uh, Looks like we might have lost Mr. Butler. Again? Yeah, it looks like it. Uh, so nope, looks like the internet. He might take his cell phone. Yep. Uh, looks like he's back now. Chris, we got you back. Yeah, I'm back. I'm here. Uh, welcome back, Mr. Perfect. Yeah, it's uh, we've got a little ice storm going on here, and I think it's uh, I think we've got some down limbs in the area or something that's causing some some havoc. Oh, you got the ice storm we got this morning. It's fun, I tell you. But anyway, we got a couple minutes left. Is there any last uh, comments or, or words from uh, from my co-host here? Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry that we have an ice storm, and I'm really sorry that I drank that uh, spiked blue raspberry. Um, and <laughs> I'm. I'm really glad that we keep getting to do this because uh, this is just another indulgence uh, of of my wife uh, continuing to let me do fun things like this, and I look forward to this every week. Thursdays are kind of like a pinpoint on the calendar, like let's get to Thursday and things will be all right kind of 
kind of moment. So uh, I really appreciate you guys, and I appreciate uh, those of you out there who listen uh, to our shenanigans, um, both serious and, and silly. So thanks to all y'all. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not exactly certain I had anything to add to that. I am uh, looking forward to wrapping up my work day here and uh, having another beer. And uh, I think I, uh, well, I don't think, I don't, well, I don't think I'm going to partake in the hangout tonight, Chad. I I think I do have a chug video in me um, to kind of continue to flush out this uh, hashtag tits and biffs topic. Well, uh, (laughs) you can do that. So, So look for that shit. You can do that by yourself or you, you, you want a, right. uh, a, a somebody to join? But sometimes you just gotta do things by yourself. I totally understand, brother. <laughs> With that being said, Chris, uh, to, to echo your sentiment, I've heard from a lot of listeners um, that uh, they also, and myself as well, they also go ahead and uh, pinpoint Thursday, and and they look forward to our podcast. And I, I do appreciate and. And I'm thankful that we have the listeners that we have and we continue to grow every day or every week. And uh, I'm thankful that these listeners reach out to us and let us know that they look forward to the Thursdays. Um, we enjoy putting the show on for you guys. We enjoy taking your topics that are discussed during the week and, and discussing them live and with you guys on the show. So continue doing that. But um, with, with that being said, um, I'm going to take Joey's line here. Drama Free Beer World, be well, and until next time, see you guys later. Welcome to the Drama Free Podcast. Save the drama for your mama.